0: Carrie and Lane Terzieff are trampolines, and they've come for a talk with The Antidote. It's a real pleasure to have the two of you here.
1: Man, thank you so much for having us, Dave.
2: Yeah, thank you for having us.
0: Now, trampolines is a fairly new band in the Christian music scene. Who was it that came up with the idea?
1: Man, I'd been doing solo music in the secular industry as a mission field for about 10 years, and when I met Carrie, we got married and quit music, moved to Asia to do mission work and just shut up and listen to God and try not to make plans like we always do. Have a crossover of missions and music um, and high energy music. So we got married on a trampoline and with the high energy kind of live shows, it just made sense to call our band Trampolines and uh, kind of outside of the box.
0: (laughs) Married on a trampoline. To me, it sounds like a real up and down relationship.
1: Uh, yeah, that was nice. Um, we started creating music with you know different genres, and it just kind of happened. Making wild videos and collaborating with people, and uh, doing mission work half the time and music half the time.
0: I was waiting to see Lane if you were going to bring up that solo project, oh, yeah? Lancifer, Back in 2014, you released the album One Night yeah. to Live. Why don't you tell us about it?
1: Man, well, that was a project that I had started when I was like 15 years old, and it was really a great mission field in the secular um, music industry, and just kind of, you know, being on Warp Tour, and, you know, touring in Europe, and doing some different things. I was kind of the only Christian artist on the events that I was playing, and so it was a really great chance to just, yeah, just love on people, and be in the mix, and uh Yeah, it was great. Did it for about 10 years and got to travel and and just kind of hone in the craft and, you know, really learn the production and songwriting. But then when Carrie and I got married and we were doing it for a little bit longer in Asia and kind of blew up in the country of Myanmar, which is was kind of funny. We didn't plan to. And it ended up being a great ministry there as well. But we really started this project as kind of a refocus on just Jesus at the front and center.
0: I still don't really get the band name Trampolines. (laughs) Why that in particular?
2: So, uh, we went to China, we signed a record deal as secular musicians in China and we moved there to do music and we just kind of ended up feeling really lost. We felt like we didn't have a whole lot of purpose, things weren't moving forward the way we wanted them to, and we ended up finding some churches and going to church like four times a week in China, which was incredible. And I remember one of the things that we would do is take people to trampoline parks with us because evangelism is not allowed in China in the sense that you can't just tell Chinese nationals about God or Jesus. So we would invite friends to a trampoline park with us. And while we were at the trampoline park, which was, it was like the biggest in the world, we would just talk about our faith. It was just a really unique ministry. Uh, this is around the time that we started creating Christian EDM music. I think, Wayne, you had had the idea for a band named Trampolines for a while. Like, it just kind of sounded catchy to you, and it was just perfect. It just was yeah. the perfect thing for that time.
0: I do get that. <laughs> and actually, it's funny with you mentioning about China. You've been back there because I watched the video Trampolines Shot on the Streets of Shanghai for the song Jesus 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> and I loved the crowd reaction. It was just <laughs> hilarious. They really didn't know what to make of you.
1: Yeah, it was interesting. We were going out to shoot a music video for that song, and we went out on the streets in Shanghai looking for like some great backgrounds and great you know, set pieces to film on. And then we were like, well, why don't we just get a boombox and just crank this song and just yell Jesus as much as we can just in this main, it's kind of like the Times Square of China. Their main, it's like one of the most populated areas, I guess, in the world, because China is like one of the biggest countries in the world, or probably the biggest, and Shanghai is the biggest city in the world, I think, with 27 million people, and that was kind of the epicenter, the main part of town, and so we just kind of went out with the boombox and hollered Jesus a bunch, and um, kind of dodged the police a little bit, and people were fascinated watching us dance around and yell, Jesus. <laughs> I've checked
0: into a couple of your trips, besides the Middle East, Asia, and the Americas. You've even visited Ukraine during the war. I mean, that's crazy. That's dangerous.
2: Uh, Yeah, it was uh, when we left for Europe. We didn't really have any um, intention to go into Ukraine. We didn't feel like it was necessarily something that we were called to do at the moment. But uh, we had about 10 days worth of shows.
1: And we had planned to work with Ukrainian refugees in some surrounding countries, um, but uh, didn't get the chance. And so it was perfect to go and spend a few weeks in the country. And uh, so we actually got to cover pretty much the whole country from the the border on the west with Poland all the way to the Russian front line in the east. And we kind of zigzagged and hit you know every you know major city that we could. And played sometimes up to four shows a day and then got to bring some food and Bibles and just spend time with people loving and encouraging them. And uh, man, it was great.
0: What an incredible experience. Yeah. It was wonderful. Now I'm gonna bring up something that may sound harsh, but it's sometimes been said that missionaries can destroy Mm, a culture. Yep. You must have thoughts about that.
1: Wow, man, this is a great question. I'm glad you brought it up actually. I think a lot of missionaries come in with maybe selfish motives or, you know, whether they want to be kind of the white hero in a place or they come in with kind of their own ideas. Wanting to help, you know, is good, but a lot of times the most important thing you can do going into a new place is listen and hear from the people what their needs are, you know, learning about the culture and spending some time there and Sometimes that really comes from, you know, living there for some time or just really spending time with locals um, and not as much, you know, Americans living in that country. And so I think it takes time and it, it, it takes experience going on missions to and just learning how to love people and how to listen to, you know, their needs and, and be effective. Yeah, it, it just takes time.
0: Just as a side point. I live near the city of Toronto, and there we have a lot of missionaries coming from Africa to the mission field of Toronto.
1: Yeah, I bet. That's awesome.
0: So changing topics entirely, Trampolines has worked with a number of artists, you know, people like Citizen Wade, Disciple, and one of my favorites, David Zock of Remedy Drive.
1: He's amazing.
0: And he sings on the chorus of your song, Come Alive. And he sings, don't wait till the next life to reflect life. For me, I find that society can be both pretty negative and aggressive. Now, the question is, is how do you stop yourself from falling into that type of a lifestyle?
1: Man, I'm glad you brought up that song, too. That's, a, that's one of our favorite songs. And David Zock. That guy is a rock star. I just want to fanboy on him for a second. That guy is amazing. And his band, Remedy Drive, I mean, he goes and just puts on these amazing shows and front flips over his keyboard. And then he goes and gets on a plane and goes and works in anti-human trafficking in different places around the world and literally helps to free sex slaves. And man, if, if anybody out there is listening, is looking for a real rock star, that's your guy. Back to your question. Man, I think uh, gosh, it's just a combination of things, right? Like you read the Bible and there are some really clear calls to how we're supposed to live. And I think taking those things literally, um, you know, some of our favorite Bible verses that really drive what we do, like Matthew 22:37 through39, the most important things are to love God and love your neighbor. And James one twenty seven is a big one for us. Pure religion in the sight of God the Father looks like this. Caring for widows and orphans in their distress. That's a huge call, and it just seems so clear. So that's why we spend so much time um, doing mission work, and actually all of our money from music goes back into mission work as well. Um, and then 1 John 3.16, I love. It says we know what real love looks like because Jesus laid down his life for us. So we should lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. I mean, there's so much when you're reading the Bible to, you know, connect to and and bring into your life. But there are a few really clear calls like that, that we can kind of put everything through in our life and wake up and say like, okay, am I really laying down my life for my brothers and sisters? Am I really caring for widows and orphans in their distress? And, I think sometimes it's about doing something drastic, making a crazy life change for God to follow those things. And I would encourage people out there that do feel like... Maybe they're not doing that and feel that call from God. Like sometimes it is a crazy decision. Maybe it is moving, you know, selling your house and moving to Syria to be a missionary. Or maybe sometimes the crazy thing is like doing a Bible study at McDonald's where you work. I think God wants us to do fairly wild things. And I hope that answers your question.
0: Totally. And you yourselves are willing to lay your faith on
1: the line. Yeah, man. We're trying to every day. I love how
0: Trampolines has these energetic live shows. Now, you have to be honest. Is that your actual personalities, (laughs) or are you just trying to pump up the audience?
1: Yes, Dave, that's us.
2: That's us, Dave. Uh, You know, I think it's it's a mix of both, I suppose I would say. That is Lane's personality, certainly. He's like that just about 24 hours a day. Um, And, of course, he's capable of being very serious. We all are, but... One of the things about live music is that that just feels like the natural expression of of worship and music for us. You know, the high, super pumped energy, it's important, and I think we've really tried to refine it for our audience to get people engaged. But really, at the end of the day, when you see us practicing, that's actually how we practice also. When we're practicing the way that we should be and when we're really worshiping in our practice, that is naturally what comes out of us, I guess I would say
0: you mentioned worship and of course worship comes into the music of trampolines the cool thing about you guys is that you take worship songs that everybody knows and then you give them a new spin i mean i think the one that really stood out to me was reckless love but you know the big question is how do conservative christians react
1: to that hmm that's a good question. Um, depends if they're on YouTube or if they're in real life. <laughs> uh, I think, you know, it's easy for people to, you know, see something. As usual, I mean, we, you know, the internet is a huge gossip portal and I think it's easier for people to say like, what is this? Like, we get comments like this music is satanic, which it's like, really? We just said Jesus like 81 times in two minutes. I, I don't know where you're getting that, but um We'll get comments like that or like, um, you know, this is club music. You can't worship like this. And I'm always kind of like, man, where is that in the Bible? Like the Bible talks about loud shouts and stomps and clanging cymbals and dancing. And I guess for us, like powerful music and high energy music reflects one, the power of God that we believe in. And two, how excited we are about God, you know? there are definitely moments of, you know, be still and know that he is God and just kind of soaking in worship. And I can sit and cry and just pray and and love on some soft music as well. But but really, when it comes down to it, we're just fired up about God and what he's doing. And we want to jump up and down like crazy people because of that. And I think in the real space, people see that.
2: I think ultimately, as soon as people see the heart behind it, Like I said, we've had a really gracious reception from people who might normally be quite close to that style of music. And we've had a lot of people tell us, like, look, it's not my style, which is totally fine. But, you know, we see what you're doing and we appreciate it. And I always really appreciate comments like that from people.
0: Oh, for sure. Well, you know, the other point that it comes up along with that is that worship music is generally meant to be reverential. But is it still reverent when it comes with a dance beat?
2: I think it's really easy to lose the reverential space of worship music in any kind of music, personally. Um, I think it's really easy to lose it in dance music and especially on stage. But that's true of any genre. You know, if I put my heart somewhere else, if I'm focusing on myself, if I'm focusing on how good I feel or how good I look, I will lose that space. And that's just as easy for me to do in a really classical acoustic worship session it's just as easy for me to do it there as it is on stage with dance music and i think it's true for a lot of other people as well
0: i think one of the outstanding collaborations you've had is your latest future glow with neon feather
1: yeah thanks for listening absolutely
0: and the song carries the line we ignite shadows into light with our future glow we are not alone in the dark with our future glow does that actually sum up Trampolines? Like, is that what you two are really all about?
1: So Future Glow, that was a great collaboration with Neon Feather, and he's a fantastic writer and producer, and that really came out of his idea. You know, I think when we started talking about a collab, we were all feeling that space, and and just kind of, you know, as creators of modern music and electronic music in the Christian space, we we really feel like um, it's a mission field. And, you know, it's like the verse about being a, a city on a hill, like we want our light to shine and we want people to, I guess, be attracted to what we're doing so that we can point them to Jesus.
0: I find that the lyrics of your other songs, you know, carry a fairly obvious message, but Future Glow isn't that obvious. I'm really thinking that you're asking the listener to give the song some serious thought. But as a songwriter, why would you want to go that direction? Why not make it clear?
1: Well, there's an easy answer to that one. That's because Neon Feather wrote the lyrics on that one. <laughs> and, you know. No,
2: actually, I really do. I love that song, though, from the moment I first heard it when he sent it to us, asking if we were interested in it. I, I really loved it because. One thing that I think is really important is if you can, and if you feel like this is right for you, creating music that secular listeners can listen to, you know, you could almost kind of work your way into their lives with this message underneath. And when they begin thinking about your lyrics, it has a powerful opportunity to change people's mind about something that they might not normally be open to. Whereas sometimes in you know, secular music. If you say Jesus in a song or something, sometimes people can immediately close their hearts towards it. And that was actually my story before I was a Christian. I would feel that way. Like as soon as there was any kind of Christian, like God, Jesus or worship speak, I would just kind of be like, no, 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 not for me. But, you know, looking back, I I see that a lot of the music I did listen to actually was Christian. And I think it it did have a small impact on me under the surface.
0: Well, it's interesting that Neon Feather at least wrote the lyrics for the song, because for the video, you guys did everything. Yeah. I mean, the producing, the acting, visual effects, you know, the whole deal.
1: Yeah, the music video, that was wild. It was kind of fun, because... You know, when we were first working on the song with him, we were like, "Hey, man, do you want to make a crazy sci-fi music video to this?" And he's like, "Yeah, that sounds <laughs> pretty cool." And he kind of played it like he wasn't—he uh, wasn't a good actor, or
2: I don't think he knew he was. A he, good
1: actor, he didn't that, know. Yeah he was a little bit like, yeah, okay, you know, we'll try doing this acting part. And like, he wasn't sure about it. And then when we met him in Nashville and we're filming, he was just an incredible actor. And we were like, bro, like you got to quit music and be an actor. This is awesome. Um, Just can do joke with him about that often. He just really killed it. And yeah, it was fun to put that video together, and we got to shoot in a handful of different places. We made the whole video for $0, and it was really just where we were at at the time, shooting, you know, sort of sneaking into a hotel lobby that looked real sci fi and shooting a, a part of the video and then, like, walking out and, like, shooting up in the mountains near my family's place in Washington and lots of help from friends and using what we could and trying to make Star Wars. <laughs>
0: that's it now we're just waiting for the next seven sequels
1: yeah yeah exactly (laughs) they won't be as good
0: i'm guessing it's almost getting to be time to go but i do want to ask about another song yes you brought in king antonio on shotgun and it gives a good idea about what trampolines can do on a really kind of rough edged rap song actually that reminded me of something i wanted to ask you bring in a blend of styles, pop, hip-hop, EDM. And I've often wondered if that mix makes trampolines a tough sell or makes it an easy one.
2: You know, it's, it's been a little bit of both. At first, it made it a really tough sell. And I think part of our inspiration for bringing so many styles in on this is, is we... There was a time where we kind of felt like the, the weird kids... You know, like nobody really knew what we were doing and people didn't really know what box to put us in. And as a result, we felt a little lonely because of that. And I think that actually drove us further to include as many people, as many different genres as we could to show the breadth of Christian music that that really it doesn't have to fit into the small space. It can be so many different genres. And through all those genres, it can go to change lives because the truth is like, people like the sounds that they like. And especially young people, young Christians, typically it's really difficult to get them to change their entire listening preferences. And in fact, I think that it's okay to have different listening preferences and we should encourage that creativity. And so if we're giving them a Christian alternative rather than just letting them go to their secular music, whatever that might be, I think that it creates a better opportunity for changing people's lives. And we just like to encourage that change in the Christian industry, just tons of different genres and lots of different people and just really diversifying everything.
1: And and the shotgun music video is such an example of that diversifying. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just like, it's just a bunch of people with totally different backgrounds kind of coming together and just jumping around on top of Carrie's old car and just going wild yelling Jesus, riding shotgun. So it's pretty fun. Check it out if you get a chance.
0: You know what? I've got a final and really important question for the two of you. All right. So who is the actual boss at trampolines?
2: (laughs) I would say Lane. But, you know, it's because Lane is um, incredibly driven in a way that I am envious of and I respect at the same time. Um, I think that I am the kind of the logistics planner. He's the director and I'm the producer in the sense that he is making the shots and the calls and he's coming up with these crazy dreams. And I kind of look at it and I say, okay, can we make this happen? How do we make this happen? Do we need to scale up or scale down? So I would say in that way, I really trust his leadership because Lane will not be intimidated by things where I tend to sometimes have like a, Oh my goodness, it's going to be too hard. Maybe not. Um, so he's the boss in the way that he's a really good leader. I hope you don't mind me saying that. Oh,
1: no, that's great. And, you know, we've learned to work really well together, too, through all these projects and, you know, being married, being together all the time and then working together. And it's been kind of cool because, yeah, you know, like all will just have crazy ideas like, oh, let's make a 20-song album in one day in a cave in Egypt. And Carrie will be like, well how are we going to do that? Like, let's look at this. But then, you know, the great thing is, is, is she'll still want to do it or not necessarily always want to, but she'll still say like, all right, let's give it a try. Let's, let's go to the cave and let's start with five songs. (laughs) And you know, it just, it's a a beautiful uh, collaboration since we kind of have different skills and, you know, different sides of our brain that we use sometimes. And it makes a great mix.
0: Well, Carrie had mentioned about logistics. You guys are in the midst of a 14-hour drive to your next show. So I'm going to shut up and let you guys go. And I want to thank you for coming to the antidote and sharing about
1: trampolines. Man, Dave, thank you so much for having us.
2: Your questions are really thoughtful and and really awesome. Thank you, Dave.
1: And uh, I hope that we can see you sometime in real life. That would be a good one. All right. God bless you, bro.